This is the best interview I ever had. And I'm Mark Rako. Thanks for listening. So I've been sharing a few special moments from several really incredible interviews I've had over the last 10 years. And here is definitely one of them. One of the most amazing interviews I ever did was with Clarity, K-L-A-R-I-T-Y, also known as his real name, Greg Davis Jr. Clarity is a comedian, an actor, a producer, an entrepreneur, and also a global social media powerhouse. In this 2018 interview in front of a live audience with me and then co-host Daniel Beckman, Clarity bears it all. Why I Love Lucy and the Power Rangers both influenced him so much, how he found his true calling, the riveting movie moment-like near-death event that transformed his life trajectory, and the touching reason why his mom is his biggest inspiration as a performer. In this moment in the interview, I had just asked Clarity how he sees himself. How I see myself, right? Yeah. Mm, complex, more more than what meets the eye. Yeah. Um, misunderstood. You're a transformer. Yeah, I really am. A chameleon, so to speak. Yeah, hey, um, callback. I like that. Yeah, because... Um, I think people think they see me or see me out, whatever, you know, and yeah. they have one perception, mm -hmm. but there's so many different layers to me that I haven't begun to even allow to be peeled off yet. Do you think you're an artist or a storyteller or a comic or what? What? I, honestly, man, I, I don't even, I'm still finding You're still out. figuring that, yeah, that out. That's why I just said storyteller, because I feel like you could tell the story yeah. in any genre. Now, it's interesting to me that, um, you've mentioned in the past, at least, I don't know if you still feel this way, that uh, the actors Sidney Poitier and Denzel Washington would be two key role models for you. Yeah. Why, why is that? I mean, um, at that time, growing up, where I'm from, like a small town, Orlando, Florida, like there were no options there. It was either sports mm -hmm. or, you know, you had to do some things on the streets to kind of just get by. It sounds cliche, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so, like, growing up as a young black kid, you only had a certain amount of heroes. And, you know, I played football and mm -hmm. I grew up in an environment where you had to do what you had to do to get by. Right. Yeah. So, um you know, I didn't know my parents got me into acting because all I wanted to do was sit home and like watch I Love Lucy, Ninja Turtles and Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> this is the truth. I'm, I'm like a young black kid in the hood. And all I wanted to do was watch like I Love Lucy. And they couldn't understand. What, what was it about? I love I have Lucy. no idea. I have. I think I think <laughs> the funny thing is I'm in comedy now or, you know, as a, a part of me. I have no idea. I don't know if it was the black and white. I don't know if it was just this woman who was just funny. I mean, Lucille Ball is one of the greatest comedians, period. She of transcends. All time. Yeah. Of all time. Yeah. Man, woman, I don't give a sh Oh, that's her favorite comedian. Really? Oh, of all time. She, was a she transcends she everything. I would put on I Love Lucy right now over half the stuff that's on TV right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it was that, I, I, the timelessness of it, um, but that's all I was into. And so... Yeah, that's how my parents got. They thought I was just either lazy or, am I, or they had the idea. Was like, Let's get him an acting lesson. So did they bring you to like, was it like a summer camp? Because I started yeah. acting in like summer camps and children's theater. So yeah. I was just, just curious in Florida. They took me to an acting school. Simply put, they just took me to an acting how school. How old were you? Uh, like seven, eight. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so and then... Um, I got started there and I, they, I went there because she tricked my mom tricked me. She thought I, I thought I was going to be a power ranger. 
No, she it's just you're story. coming to be a Power Ranger and you're like, because, I'm in. Because every day I told you I would watch after school, I would come home and watch Power Rangers and later on I would watch Ninja Turtles and I Love Lucy. And so at the time when she came home, I guess my parents had had this conversation about, is he lazy? Like what's going mm-hmm. on? And one day my mom was like, do you want to be an actor? She just came home, saw me writing from the TV again. She was like, ah, you want to be an actor? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And she, <laughs> in her frustration and not trying to explain it to a child, she was like, what they do. And at the time I was watching Power Rangers. So I was just like, <laughs> you mean I get to be a Power Ranger? She was like, yes, boy. Yes. How different your life would have been if you were watching I Love Lucy at the moment. <laughs> hey, man, it's acceptable today, you know? It would have it worked out. If, if it was a chocolate episode, that would have been great. You're no. like, yeah, I'll, no, I'll go easy. I'll go do that. But yeah, I, I, think, I think it's, you know, again, I didn't have any examples. Yeah. And so when I started to see men like Sydney yeah. and Denzel do it in a, in, a, in a very distinguishable way. And distinguished way as well. And distinguished way. I was like, okay, so it's possible. Like, I, I don't have to just be that type of character or that yeah, type of right. role or whatever. So that's why I cited them at that time as that. Gotcha. Now, something happened to you right before you graduated from high school. Yeah. That was a significant, I'm going to, I'm going to assume it was something significant for you. And then right at, and I'm going to ask you yeah, yeah, to tell, talk I'll about it. it. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately after high school, you left yeah. for LA. Yeah. So what happened to you and did, did it have something to do with how quickly you left? I was all So, so the thing that happened, man, you do your research. Um, <laughs> I told you, you know, growing up in that environment, you had to do what you had to do. Right. And so I was, I was selling drugs at the time in high school, like, you know what I mean? My senior year, um, you know, I tried to be like a little, whatever, uh, a little drug dealer. That's what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I got set up. It was, I remember it was like, I was mm-hmm. two months, I think it was like a month out from graduating. I remember leaving a track meet. Um, and I got this, mis- like the earlier that day, I got this mysterious phone call. I was in school. And the thing is with me in school, like I was actually really smart. I just hated, like, I don't know if I'm ADD or what, but just sitting and reading a textbook, it just was bored me. Like my freshman year out of 4.2. I was in the National Honor Society, Beta Club, mm-hmm. Future Leaders of America, African-American, Young Leaders. I was in all that. And I just didn't try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my School mom was, is not for everyone. It's not it's for everyone. Hard. And, um, yeah. and so I remember getting this random phone call. Uh, and I was at school that day earlier because I was slacking so hard that I had to stay after and do after school just to make back up so I can graduate. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got this random serious phone call. And... Uh, the guy was like, Hey man, uh, Hey man, I got your number from so-and-so. And, and, and I was like, what? And then he dropped my best friend's name at the time. And he was like, yeah, Chad gave it to me. So anyway, he wanted to buy a pound of weed, like a brick, right? We call it a brick on the streets. And he wanted to buy that, but he was offering like double the street price. So initially I ignored him. He was like, yeah, I'll give you like 1200 for it. At the time it was worth like $800. He's like, I'll give you like $1,400 for it. I was like, what? I was like, do you know how much it's worth usually? And uh, as a 17 year old kid at the time, you know what I mean? You're not thinking logically, at least I wasn't, you're supposed to, but I was like trying to, trying to like make up schoolwork so I can graduate on time. So I won't disappoint my parents because I had all these scholarships on the table, but I wanted to be a little thug. So I was like, I pissed all those away. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to make up for it. And I had this dude offering me like double. I wasn't really thinking clearly. So Mm -hmm. I, anyway, I agreed to it and I knew it was a bad idea. Long story short that night, I ended up going to meet the dude. um, And I normally don't do that. And 
the guy I like, I he before he got in, I met him on the side alley. I made him lift up his shirt because that's what you do. And I didn't see anything from the front. He got, I let him get in my car and I pull. He's like, oh, he's like, let me see it. By the time I pulled it out, I turned my head for like two seconds. I, when I turned back, there was a gun right here to my forehead. I was like, oh, sh-. and before I knew it, he like hit me, cut, cut open my eye. Like I have I had like 28 stitches in my face, 10 staples in my head. They're still right here. And like the first cut just like. It bruised me and the blood was in my eye and, and it hit me again. Boom, we ended up in the backseat. We were fighting. And then, like, last thing I knew, and I, th- I feel like it's a moment from a movie. No one ever believes me, but, like, I remember him getting on top of me and he cocked the gun and put it right to my forehead. And I was like, I'm dead. And I literally saw white. They say your life flashes before your eyes. Yeah. And it really does. Like, I literally saw, like, in three seconds from the time I was born, just I saw like myself walking down the aisle. I was like, damn, wow. I'm never gonna like see this. Like I'm dead. And then I just woke up and then he was in the front seat trying to drive away. And I think he was gonna drive me down this alley and like finish me off. And whatever strength I had by the grace of God, like I just had this pipe in the back and I just, I didn't have a gun or anything on me at the time. Normally I would have at that time. And I grabbed a pipe and I just remember like, I think he I thought he I think he thought I was passed out. I jumped on his back, put my arm around his neck and grabbed the pipe, hit him in the head, and then he like crashed into this big dumpster. Airbags deployed. He got out and ran and all I remember I re- I don't remember anything from that. All I remember is being woken up and being put onto an ambulance and like being poked in the side. And then Wow. And then I graduated high school a month later. <laughs> yeah. So is this going to be in the trailer for your biopic movie? Yeah, it should be. <laughs> this really, this, this is, really, yeah, it yeah. does sound like a movie. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then I moved to LA a week after I graduated high school. I was like, I'm not staying in this, I'm not staying here anymore. Like, there's only... There's Did only, you have interest in acting at the time? Is that where you chose LA? Yeah, at the time, I had, I was going to move and then pursue my dreams. Yeah, and you were like, you had this experience, so you were like, dream I'm now. definitely leaving. Go. I'm yeah. definitely wow. leaving. Wow. I graduated on a Wednesday. I was in LA that following Tuesday. Wow. I never went back. I saw a quote that supposedly you said, and you can tell me if you said or didn't say it. And then I have a follow-up question, really. You said, according to this, some people succeed because they're destined to. Others succeed because they're determined to. Me, I'm both. Yeah. So, m- m- first of all, that's awesome. And this, this, the question I have is when you're stand. This is this is me pivoting back to comedy here. Sure. When you're standing on a stage, because yeah. one of the things you do is stand up mm-hmm. amongst acting and not that tall, but I stand and, up. <laughs> <laughs> and and the stand up doing stand up comedy is ridiculously hard. People don't realize how hard it really is to succeed. Mm-hmm. And you're standing up in front of possibly hundreds or maybe more people. I don't know how big the big biggest crowd you've played to is. You ever think back to that moment that you were just talking about with the the car? And then here you are now and how much your life has transformed largely in part because you have purposely propelled it. What does that moment feel like to you when that does become conscious and you're standing in front of people and you allow yourself to feel that? That's a great question. Um, I think when you survive something like that, it's clear that whether whatever your beliefs in were at that time or not, when you survive something like that, it makes you feel like there's something bigger working in your life 
then you feel like, you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. everyone's belief, but I was like, clearly God is watching over me. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this world that makes you doubt that and question like, is God even here? Is he even real? Yeah. You know, and I know there's a lot of hatred in the world right now. But when you survive something like that, that you're not supposed to survive, it's like, okay, I have to acknowledge that there's there's a hand over my life in whatever way. Yeah, you're purposefully here yeah. right now. And so yeah. I can't I, I can't waste life now because I was spared it. I was given another chance. And so how dare I just walk through life not speaking the, th- the thoughts that come to my head. So when I'm on stage, that's why I try to speak with reckless abandonment. Not everything is for everyone to speak on, but I speak on the things that I live through that I think about because I feel like I was spared for that. You know what I mean? Dave Chappelle said, mm-hmm. like, have, don't be unapologetic. Speak recklessly because you have that responsibility. <clears throat> Comedians have a very unique ability to say relatively whatever they want on stage within reason, right? Yeah. But you know what I mean? You're a commentator on the world. You commentate on what you see in a very in a comedic take and that allows people to to ingest it better to so they can be able to hear your words. That's a unique position. All all you are is one man or one woman on a stage with a mic and a spotlight. You have thousands of people just Yeah. hanging on your word. That's powerful. Your instrument is yeah. The audience. Yeah. It is the bodies in front of For you. For sure. You and cannot practice in your room alone. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And, that's and so cool. That's how you give back to the world. So th- I think about that moment when I, and I try not to take that for granted. And that's why I'm like, yo, I can't leave this earth knowing I didn't say what was on my mind. I need you to know what's on my mind, because if I don't say it, who will? You're starting to work right now with pretty notable people mm-hmm. you're, you're 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 playing in circles as an entertainer as a producer that's getting in a higher and higher orbit for me as someone who's worked in show business and i know danielle has and i know elsie has as well and steven our guitarist has as well there's like rungs that you grab you grab one rung and you say oh my god i can't believe i'm here and it's a lot like business too i think and then you oh my god and then you look at the next one and you say could i possibly reach that next one and then you do and then you're there and like eight rungs later you look back and that doesn't seem that impressive anymore but it was an incredible proud accomplishment at the moment and the question is like how up far up the ladder do you need to go to feel content satisfied whatever it is so, so I guess with that in mind, Clarity, who at this moment that is in your circles still feels like you haven't gotten to the rung yet? You can't believe that you're having that opportunity, whereas there's probably people you've worked with now that even though you may respect them, there was a time when that would have been really impressive. And now, yeah, I'll work with you, but I'm aiming higher, honestly. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, part yeah. of growing. Yeah. So who still gives you the chills that you still are in their presence? My, or, or, my, my mother. Oh, dude. I'm not just, I know, listen, listen, she had a show this weekend. She's in an off-Broadway production of The Wiz. And she played Evelyn. And, um, she's in that show. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Dude. She is. She's, she, my mom, like before, it's probably where I got it from too, to be honest. Cause she won a lot, a bunch of beating pageants. By the, by the way, this is a significant factoid absent from your story about your mother and the, and the power Rangers. We didn't know she was, <laughs> I don't know if people ever, ever believe me. I tell that story. I think I'm joking. I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm yeah. only here. Cause I thought like, I was going to be the next like, black Ranger. Yeah. She has some, <laughs> that shit didn't happen. So I'm sorry. Continue. Um, no, it's her because she, she, her story inspires me. She had dreams ever since she was a child. She's, she, you know, when she moved, she's an immigrant. She was born in London, you know, went to Jamaica and then she moved to New York when my mom, my grandmother bar to the States. She went to school over here. I think she said she went to this 
High School of Fashion on 14th or 23rd, one of those streets. Cool. Um, my mom lived in the Bronx, you know what I mean? So she's a New Yorker and then she moved to Florida, met my dad, and then I'm here. Um, so, but like her dream was to, to perform and entertain. And so I feel like, you know, her meeting my dad and having me, like those dreams kind of got put on hold. And as a child, I've always kind of felt like mm-hmm. kind of guilty about that or kind of like, damn, if it weren't for me, she probably would have been able to carry out that dream. And I've always felt like she's had that thing in her belly to want to continue, but I could tell she never regretted it. But as a child, she's like, yeah, but I want you to live your dreams too. Yeah. So it's been that ongoing battle with me to make sure she lives that. And she put that on pause. And I think recently within the last couple of years, she just decided, you know, my father passed away a couple of years back. So it's just her. So, and I left the house, my grandmother's gone, her dad's gone. It's like, she's just me and her. And she started to kind of like live those dreams out again. And so she found herself involved in this show. And I was concerned because I was, it was started off as small community theater and I was like, damn, like she's 62 now. Like I worry for her, like with money and things like that. Like I'm always going to take care of her, obviously. But it's like, you know, this industry can be harsh and that's my mother. And I know I can handle it. Like whatever, you tell me, no, I suck. You're too this, you're too that, that's fine. But like when they tell that to your 60 year old mom, you don't know if they got the skin to, to accept that. And I don't want her to experience that BS of this industry based upon you're too tall, you're too this, the bullshit that they right. put us through that doesn't even mean anything. And I don't want her to accept that ridicule. So I was afraid, but you know, she's always done this. And so I, she had a show this weekend and I flew down to go see it because I wanted to support her. And she asked me to go. And my God, man, like she came on stage and I almost was in tears because she stole the show. And I was like, damn, yo, my mom's dope. <laughs> like everybody kept reposting her, recording her. Like I posted her on my story. All my actor friends were like, yo, like I had no idea. They met my mom because she's the small Okay, but she's Southern Baptist. Hi, right, baby. God bless you. Praying for you. But she got on stage as Evelyn. She was like, kiss my foot. Yeah. I was like, hold up. Wait. <laughs> I know that tone. Yeah, I remember. Like, I don't know if my mom had Oh, I did. When I was nine years old, I was birthed the damn bedroom down. I remember. I know that tone. But um, she killed oh my it. God, I'm literally- she killed it. And I was like. And all my friends who are actors are like, that's your mom? They were like, damn, I see where you get it from. And that made me proud. And I was like, it gave me hope. So her never quitting even 20, 30 years later is inspirational to me. I was like, you're not quitting? And she was like, baby, I'm going to make it on Broadway. I was like, you know what, mom? You damn well will. And if I'm going to help you, whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. So she's my inspiration more than any of celebrity because if she can keep going after losing her husband, her mother, her father, and her only son is across the country and you can still keep going, nah, yo, you're a widow and you're still chasing your dreams, facing ridicule, you're my hero. I'll be back soon with another memorable interview moment. Please be sure and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere you find your best podcasts. So you get every moment. And you can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Best Interview Pod. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you soon. <laughs>